Before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to do this real quick. Shout out all the Seaport basketball teams. And good luck to you in the state playoffs. Also, I wanted to remind you every Thursday from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Seaport time, you can listen to Crucial Rhythms for the reggae vibe on the mighty WRUU 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode, guys. These, these, uh, these gentlemen are serious about their craft and they're 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 really passionate hip hop heads. So uh without further ado, Kuna Tuan and uh Solo on the Seaport Patch Show. Alright, welcome to the Seaport Patch Show. We're back and I've got Kuna Bear and Solo in the house. How y'all doing? Good, good. Um, solo. I know you're from here, right? So we're not gonna, we're not gonna. Um, this one's for Kuna, I guess. Um, how did you end up in Savannah? I had recently graduated high school, and I'd already been making music since uh, my spare time. I like, didn't really have a creative outlet where I came from. A suburb outside of Richmond, Virginia. There's was a whole lot of government jobs and a whole lot of like military school kids and a whole little of everything else. So <laughs> I had a friend who had moved to Savannah with his family uh, a couple of years before I had graduated. And I was like, hey man, like you like it down there? How, how's the scene down there? And he was like, yeah, there's music, there's art, there's a college here, there's all sorts of people coming and going. So like I got, uh, I got all my stuff into my car slept on his couch for like six months and then paid rent and just kept living here and Savannah's been really good to me so I don't know how long I've been here. <laughs> and you've been here about six years? Yeah, yeah, it's about five or six yeah. years. Yeah, and, and he was one of the first people you met here? Yeah, right? we met at a Tongue Open Mouth and Mike, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, y'all want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, shout out to Melanie Golden for, for hosting that. They have an open mic at the Senate Bean. I think it's every, it's like the second and fourth Tuesday or something like that of every month. That sounds right, because they're still doing it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I had gone there one of my first times, I went to Walgreens, I think I had just turned 21, and I just, I was like, alright, I'm old enough to go anywhere, I can kind of get my feet wet with, you know, the scene, and Solo showed up, he was one of the last people to show up, the first night that I ever went to the open mic. We didn't really get to like really meet each other like that until way afterwards. I was like, man, like, like we had kind of met that night. I was like, I like your raps. I like your raps. And I was about as far as I got. <laughs> and then Solo hit me up on the slide uh, to come to a house party, and that was really when we still first like polished. Was it house party down downtown? It's not here. here at this it was house. Here? <laughs> This place is like a den of creativity. I love it. It really is. And it's I've just kind of stumbled into it. I love yeah, it. yeah. Same. Honestly. Thanks, John. <laughs> like, I heard a solo. I never, never met. Yeah, all of a sudden, I came to the pod with you, and I'm potting with both of y'all. We're all hiding out here. Bonus. I love it. <laughs> a little side note just to draw 
my parents were military, so that's how. Oh, I was. that's how you got here. Yeah. Right on. Right on. So your parents were a hunter or hunter. Yeah. Yeah, they came here in the early nineties, and uh, we've been here ever since. Okay, so, so you, you were you born here? Or you just I was born in Fort Campbell. Oh, Fort Tennessee. Campbell, right on. Did you go to like the high schools here and stuff? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. I've been here since like ninety three, ninety four. Okay, all right. Yeah. And oh, oh, where'd you go to high school at? Uh, Windsor Forest. Windsor. Okay, yeah, right on. on. Shout out to the Knights. I went to Jenkins, but you know it's a small town. <laughs> it's, it's so transient, though, man. It pulls people from everywhere. It's crazy here. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know any. Other Every once in a while, it needs reminders, but yeah. It's weird, like, it, especially because we recently got to go to New York, and and I've been to L.A. on a tour, and like people talk about those cities as kind of like hubs where all these people gather and all these people from these different places, these different cultures, all collide, but it doesn't feel quite as, like, I feel like it doesn't hit you as hard as it does in small places like Savannah, where it's like <laughs> the population density is so much different that you kind of, I feel like the you get a bolder look at the individual aspects of what everybody's, you know, what their culture or what their background might represent. I trip out when people ask yeah. me if I'm It's a beautiful city. Plus, I'm on the coast, like everything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very real. Everything is a double edged sword. Everything. Right on. So, um, what kind of um musical influence did you have growing up in Richmond? Um, my mom listened to a lot of like gospel and smooth jazz. listen to like R&B and a little bit of what was radio heavy stuff but not too much and then my dad is from Pakistan so he would bring over uh, Bollywood CDs and like the, the soundtracks to movies that he really enjoyed and he would rip those CDs and I would help him like burn them to discs and we would play those in the car all the time and I would listen to that type of stuff but it didn't really it was there and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't really anything that drew me. And then I started listening to like punk rock and I would do this, you know, and that stuff. And I, had a I lot collected of, with that. A lot of metal in yeah, Richmond. A lot of metal, a lot of punk. Uh, metal, DC, Richmond, DC. Yeah, Bad Brains was heavy when I was in Persian middle school. Conformity. All that, that type of stuff was really, really prevalent. Guar was around. <laughs> And, and we didn't really have a whole lot of shows, necessarily. Like, Richmond had some shows when I was growing up, but it was kind of quiet still. And a lot of bands just kind of weren't around the area, but right. never right where you wanted to be to be able to see anybody. Go into D.C. Yeah, so you'd stuff. have to go out of your way to travel. So I, I kind of got stuck in the, like, radio a lot growing up as a kid, just because that was all my only way of accessing music. Stuff with it, but 
There was a little window in like 2009, 2010. People were actually like recording stuff. <laughs> yeah, they putting sent, stuff like, on MySpace stuff for out. real. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like that a little bit. Um, what about you, Solar? What kind of uh, musical influences do you have? Growing up. Growing up. Uh, I had, I was submerged in, you know, the pure R&B. Because my parents, you know, they had control of the parents radio. Music. They only had 93 and 101, and they were shutting, you know, they didn't play rap. You know, my parents wouldn't put it on 93 like that till after a certain point. But uh, as soon as I learned about rap, you know, that's all it was. Okay. Like, especially young, growing up in the, um, from like a, what I would call like a hood background, you know, that's all it was for me was rap, rap, Camouflage, rap. Outcast, like, yeah. Flodge. Well, it was it was flawed. It yeah. was I was listening to a whole lot of like Georgia music. So it was Ti. It was Steel Mob. Yeah. It was Pure uh, Pain was right around the corner. I mean, you know, that's true. Sure, well, that's true. I didn't, in I high didn't know that because when I was on the South Side, you know, I didn't. My parents <clears throat> had their own problems, so I was just like stranded on the South Side. Right. You know what I mean. Right. So I didn't. Like, yeah, you know, get a venture down here. No, I didn't venture down here, but I did know about all the groups like Southbound, Third Coast, Infrared. Yeah, I forgot about Third Coast. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello, man. You know, so that's that's really, really what I was raised on a whole Georgia centric mindset. Past Detroit. Yes. The BFG, heavy past Detroit. All yeah. that, you know, so, and then even like just like the. Field Mob. Yeah, yeah, Field Mob, yeah. Super Heavy, and then Dirty. Still a big fan of Dirty. They're from Alabama. Some of them got the some of them got the archives range. It's awesome. You can pull. He'll do. <laughs> he'll do the shit where we'll be in this living room, kicking it, listening to a song, and he'll be like, "Oh, that's this sample." And you're like, "What do you mean?" You'll go on YouTube and pull up the sample real quick, just like off the rip. You're Hell like, yeah. Dude, what the heck?" Like, Hell yeah. He's got it. That archive memory. That's just the grace of the love, though. It's know? beautiful, man. Yeah. Yeah. When you when you're passionate about. joy 
for me anyway. In, in, in like, reggae, too. Because oh I'm, oh, like, man. with my reggae show, I just use it as an exploration of, like, checking out new sounds and new artists and reggae, hip-hop, all of it. Like, I do it with, uh, to this day, like, I'll listen to, like, older music and it may be, like, some crazy band like Steely Dan or something Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, but that's the great thing about This is from the that's the great thing about being grown now. Just now, discovering. I have a taste for more rock music now. Right. I have a taste for more. You know, I can I can listen to the good country music now and take from there. I can listen to classical music now, jazz now, <coughs> because back then I was just so close minded. Right on. I only had access to the radio and to the music my friends would let me hold, and because. You know, through the disconnect of not really having that parent parental teaching, you know, all I wanted was to touch a turntable. And my father had a turntable and records in the house, mixers, all that. But he, he, he being, he being so in his own world, knee deep in that bottle, not even taking the time to say, hey man, this is what I got. Hey right. man, this is what I used to do. Because I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, you know what I mean, the novellas, I like, I always knew that they were flicking something in the middle. That's what I was going to ask you. So your dad had mentors DJing and stuff? Yeah, back in, well, I didn't learn that until, like, you know, like, some fucked up circumstances. But, but yeah. you grew up around it. No, you, not no? at all. Not at all. No, okay. I just, what you call it, I just, like, in my mind, you know what I'm saying, I always knew through seeing a DJ, like, on TV or something, I would, like, just imitate it with my mind because I there would be always in my own head because I just and so the one time I'm actually like the first time I was exposed to like oh here go a set of tables you can touch them and I I outdid the owner (laughs) you know the owner was sitting there and we was yeah and was touching them and showing me and da 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 that I got on them and I did him on his own thing but he owned because I just knew you know what I mean and that's how much that connection was there but still a disconnect of not physically having it there so yeah TV monitor and one video game console and I had headphones and I would just play uh, Blink-182 live in Sydney, Australia. It's like an hour long concert video and I would just pretend to play guitar to all their songs while and like pretend to be them like imitated having (laughs) the stage presence and stuff in my room by myself to like my closet door. (laughs) And I was like I always knew like you know, I want to get on stage. I want to. I want to perform. I want to be able to express myself creatively in some sort of way. And I just did not. I didn't ever think that I would take it anywhere seriously. I knew it was something I wanted to do 
fun that it has become a lifestyle and now it's like just like any other recreation. Cool. Recreation, man. Right on. All right. Well, I know you recently just got off tour. invited me to go on a tour with her. I was like, yeah, man, just let me know when, uh, when it's going to happen. And then she hit me up in like October and was like, hey, we're going on tour from New Jersey down to Florida. Uh, would you like to come? I was like, yeah, of course. And then she said that she wanted to protest some ICE detention centers along the path. And I was like, I'm 100% down. She's, uh, she's protested some detention centers both here near Savannah and near where she lives now in New Jersey uh, multiple times. And uh, I guess for the people who aren't who listen and don't know, ICE is an organization that profits in the billions of dollars off of taking people who are considered illegal immigrants by any multiple uh, any multiple kinds of stage of that term and putting them into prisons where they are put into cages. Some of the children are separated from their families. Some of the people don't have any way to contact their families or contact their local authorities from their home country. And they're forced to do slave labor for... Not you much know, different from... Yeah, not the much re- any different. The regular from, prisons. Yeah, not any real yeah. different from the regular prisons. It's just uh, given a fancier title and a specific goal, I suppose, with the people who they're trying... Being more public about the specific people who they're trying to imprison. And uh, we think that shit is fucked up, <laughs> to, yeah. to be very blatant. <laughs> like... There are a lot of political views and a lot of religious and, like, ideological views on border walls and border lines and territory and who owns what land and property and who can or can't go where or say what. But at the end of the day, we all on this tour came into it with the mindset that, hey, no matter what you believe in or what country you're from or, you know, what God you pray to or what makes you happy, what makes you sleep at night, people don't deserve to be put in cages. <coughs> like, if it's a, a immigration thing, there are ways to deal with it in our mind, you know, that don't involve cages and prisons and slave labor. You can treat people like human beings, even if it involves you trying to police your space in whatever national terms that means. So we went on this tour to protest that, con- that organization, and we went on this tour with the intention of donating a portion of our proceeds to different organizations that are working 
direct action to help these people, whether it be, uh, for example, there's one specific one here, I believe it's called DLAHR, their Global Latina Alliance for Human Rights, and they are providing bail for people, getting them out of jail and things of that nature. We went on this trip for like 11 days, um, protesting and, you know, and also just playing shows and meeting people and doing the rapper thing, but trying to spread awareness about causes bigger than ourselves, <coughs> trying to help people outside of it's ourselves. It's important to get out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Do something. Take a stand. We can't sure. all do everything, and not everybody is fit to protest, not everybody's fit to, you know, even make a sign or make a post online. Everybody has different roles they can play. The important thing is to care about people outside of yourself and care about the issues people face that don't affect or involve you because at the end of it all, all of these things will connect and affect humanity as a collective. Um, as human beings, as animals, as a species that exists on this planet, we might not have a duty bound by whatever societal rules we make up to care about other people, but there's nothing that says that we can't care about other people anyway. Hey. That stuff is important. Um, some favorite spots you might hit up on tour? Uh, a lot. Um, we, uh, we got to play in Baltimore, which is cool, but I never really played in Baltimore before. Shout out to Woven In at Fat Body Space. They have a house venue in Baltimore. We played at Vastness's house, and one of my favorite rappers just kind of popped in out of nowhere and did a surprise set with a whole bunch of new songs. Uh, shout out to Rory Ferreira and Ruby Yacht, and uh, yeah, they killed it. It was awesome. <laughs> it really <laughs> caught me off guard. Uh, Vastness and he had been kind of becoming friends recently, and he had like made the mention of, oh, Rory might show up, man. I show I told him we were on tour and so everybody's at at Sasha's house Vastness's house and I'm like oh is Rory gonna show up is he gonna show up and we're in the middle of the war set and he walks in and he's like a very if you ever see Rory he used to go by Milo if you're looking him up is online is this cat from Nashville too he's or? from uh, Chicago originally I believe okay. but he's kind of moved around all over the place he's coming to Nashville from Maine Okay. Uh, where he's he's been based up until recently, but if you ever see him, he's a tall dude, and he's like very, he's a very distinct looking cat. He's got dreads. He's like super really skinny, kind of tall, but okay. muscular looking cat. So it's hard to to ignore him when he walks in the room. And Sasha's got like a small house where the ceilings are low, so you see this really tall dude, and you're like, wow, this dude commands a presence. It's just kind of hard to ignore. And then he starts rapping, and you're like, dude, what the floor? How does your brain function in such a way? It was awesome. He's a super talented dude. Uh, look up to him a lot. Big influence. That was really cool to be able to play with him. Um, we also got to play in this, uh, one of my favorite venues. Shout out to Sarbez 
St. Augustine, Florida, they have some of the best grilled cheeses that I have ever <laughs> tasted. And every time we go there, I get a different one. And I, get, I can't tell you which one was my favorite yet. I don't know. I think we've had like five of them. <laughs> I, might been there like, I might have played at Starbucks like three times, but every time I'm there. Multiple it, grilled cheeses. Yeah, and it's so good. And they have an awesome arcade. Like we just went back there again because every time we go there, they add something or change something. Like they've, uh, they've done you some new renovations me that there. You, you were telling me they have like a sister venue too, so they like yeah. flip flop. They're so, like <laughs> So the way that uh, Sarvez works, as at least like from the perspective of, of a touring artist, is like there are two venues: there's Sarvez, and then there's Shanghai Navi. And Sarvez is like this really bright lit, like super colorful bar where there's like cassette tapes and VHSs on the walls and the okay. ceiling and there's like pinball tables and a back courtyard and it's like it's really it's really beachy in a way it's really yeah. inviting it's real bright and then you go to Shanghai Nobby's which is also really beachy in its own way but it's way more punk it's way more of yeah, a dive Yeah I had like Valley Gals yeah. or something. Yeah, Valley Gals there. Played there, yeah. It's way more of a punk bar, and it's way more of a dive bar, <laughs> but it still has, like, the same kind of energy, and I think what's happened is that some of the people who work at one also work at the other, okay. or their friends are yeah. at the other, and so because they're, like, 20 feet from one another, as businesses, you can walk to the other one. So it's like, if, I'm, if I try to book a show at Sarbez a couple years ago, you the show at Sarvez, and then like halfway uh, between me booking that show and the tour starting, they're like, we had to move the show over to Navi's because there's a there's another show that's happening over there, so we're just gonna merge the two. And I was like, that's weird, but whatever. <laughs> it worked out, and and all the crowds converged at the same spot because they're right next door, and all of the vibes are the same. You know, it's the same family hanging out. It's just in a you're across the street as opposed to where we go to Beat one time. And it's an awesome, uh, awesome community. Everyone there is super, super cool. Uh, we've never really had any crazy things happen. Like, St. Augustine has always shown us love. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's he's got some kind of monster project. Like he's got like he's got like up. four projects. We're waiting. Really, just you know, <laughs> deciding my you know my angle and how I want to progress. You know, I've had a lot of uh, one step forward, two step back type deals. And like gotcha. Losing like, and I've been really, I've always wanted to make you know music with folks. You know, and I keep, right. keep, I keep going down situations that seem like highways, but they end You're up not being connecting with the right folks. Yeah, yeah, because they end up being cul-de-sacs, not highways. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, so I'm just we'll really find your niche. Yeah, finding my niche, keep, you know, keeping my feet firm on the ground for a second, you know, and, you know, deciding on it. So. Still, yeah, we're like, 
good. Like, you did it's a mic around town and stuff. I still do still. a little bit. I still do a yeah. little bit. Like, I'm thinking about heading out to Hip Hop Night tonight. Um, oh, yeah. Shout out to the Geeks and Hip Hop Night. Yeah, Geeks and Hip Hop Night. Uh, I go bubble with um, uh, creatively crafted every now and then with Killer J just from there. Okay. At the public house. That's still popping up. All the yards out there open up. I that saw they have festivals. That's on Thursdays. Is it Thursday? It's like this. Thursday, it's like Thursday. once a month or something like that. Is it? Yeah, it's like oh. coming up this week or something. I thought I heard about that. Yeah. Take a little break, and when we'll come back, we'll talk some more with Hina and Solo. Y'all are listening to the C4 Cat Show. All right, we're back, and uh, we left off talking about tour and whatnot. Um, uh, we'd start off this segment with uh, some more influences. Um, Books y'all are reading or uh, movies? I read. Y'all been checking out? I read fantasy books a lot. Like I know Baby Bear Sexton <laughs> in the like woke rapper world is really cool right now to be reading a lot of like very <coughs> real or more reality based novels and things that are written by people more so about like culture and society. Sociology and psychology and things, and I like reading a lot of those books. So, <laughs> so you mentioned earlier, um, talking about the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Any books you've been reading about Panthers or have read in the past, or um, you want to mention? I've or? read the one, the one solid full book I've read about the Panthers was uh, the Spirit of the Panthers by about who he knew him by David Hiller. Okay, and. That was a really good read about who this dude is. And I kept, and I do own Soul on Ice, and I keep trying to get through it's it. It's funny, I was just about to mention that. Yeah, but it's like, man, knowing who he is, and all of that, and like, like about the book, I, I can't, it's hard for me to get straight through it. Yeah. For me, because... It's a tough read, though. I, well, for me, I just like more of, like the autobiography <laughs> of Malcolm X, to me, was such a great read to me, because um, I love being Castigated out of about a person or situation, or how they change in their process of how yeah, they go about yeah, evolving or, or about evolving. knowledge in general. Like one of the the very last book I read in whole was the Seven Principles of Success, or and it was like more about um, and I can't remember the way it worded it because it because it worded it all because you know they didn't let you think that you just gonna succeed because you read right. the book and did those things. <laughs> but uh, all, I have been watching Hip Hop Evolution. I've that's been, a good. We that's both are watching good it. on the Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I finished it, getting into because what it did for me was it just filled in some of the crevices I didn't know about. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, like about uh, when they were coming out of the golden, uh, coming out of the '80s disco era and how deep it was, like early, like how it was in the '70s mm-hmm. with the disco era. I didn't really know that. Yeah. Like, I thought it came... And how it evolved from Jamaica into... Yeah, because yeah, see, I knew that part yeah. with 
because, but it helps fill in more names, more events, Thanks. how it spreads. The like, the, like for instance, like when it brought up uh, Schoolie D from uh, Philadelphia and all of that, and the West Coast knowledge of like the guy moving down to the Bay, and it, it did, then it connected the dots to what I know about Too Short. And things of that nature, but then just like how it got bigger and bigger. So yeah, it's like, and that's oh. what I really love. Those are the niches that I love. Well, KRS One said he grew up around the fucking same block as Kuhert. No, he grew up across the street. Yeah, like, across yeah. the hall. Yeah, yeah when he said that shit, my down. fucking mind, like, yeah, that's like that's the wild. That's the wildest so shit. But you know, but that's like, it does. But when you look at it though, like all jokes aside, that there's a lot of pockets out there where people come from the same like just areas like even when we look at like I think Timberland, Missy and Pharrell and all them went to the same high school or some shit like that or they're from the same area you know and then you go and there's like that happens in a lot of places like even when you talk about Miami like Trick Daddy was like Trick Daddy and JP Money were both affiliated with Luke or the Poison Clan or something like that, and they were all and they're all from Miami, but they all had something to do with each other coming on the way out, you know. So that's like that's I know I'm you know leaving in other places, but that was another factor that that helped me keep identifying the school. No, that's a real good series. I like I like I didn't know like a lot of the Houston and Texas and Dallas folks that like. Oh, man, that's like... I definitely, you know, like, I come, you know, like, you know, to organize, and I know people that went to school at R&B, just like I know people that went to school at Big Boy Beef in Savannah, and I know, mm-hmm. but, like, the Texas, like, building that I just don't understand. I can't say that I know too much in depth of Texas music, but that is one of my favorite little pockets, like Houston, man. Even just recently, I went and uh, found out a little bit about ESG. You know, that's an older Texas uh, name. And he and uh, some of his Read big the DK screw, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You hear chopping screw, but to listen to, like, the whole... Anyway. And from Miami, and I knew what I knew of Luke was I knew people skateboarded with that like went on to DJ in his clubs in the early 90s before they went defunct but um yeah that's a good one the hip hop evolution on that Texas good stuff um what about um you're doing a podcast are y'all listening to any podcast or uh there's a lot of good music ones and shout out to Super like, Duty Cuffwork, uh, Blueprint and Illogic. <coughs> they uh, I believe they're based in Cincinnati. They got a podcast where um, Blueprint and Illogic are both rappers, and I believe they both produce also. Um, Blueprint's written a couple books. Like they're just some older underground cats from the from that area up in Ohio who. Aesop Rock produced uh, a whole album for Blueprint, which is really how I got into him, because I'm a big Aesop Rock fan. Okay. And uh, the Blueprint stuff is dope, and so when I 
like listening to their podcast for the first time. It's like it's a little bit of a kind of like tips and tricks for underground or independent cats, and they tackle subjects. It's usually like an hour long episode. Like they go just put out one about uh, using your music and your art to motivate you through having a day job, like specifically for cats who okay. are who people Sad who are creative but creative. also have day jobs and like yeah. you, there's like nine ways to use your creativity to motivate you throughout your day job stuff like listening to your beats. Wow, while I need to work. check that out. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. <laughs> it's called Super Duty Tough Work. And, Super uh, Duty Tough Work. Every sure episode. It's on like every platform. Yeah, probably. yeah, it's on Spotify but they have the video on YouTube where it's the okay. visual of them talking and uh, it's dope conversations. They're funny as hell. Like those two have me cackling, laughing uh, and all their, their tips and tricks are pretty poignant pretty on point like and it's stuff that's kind of general stuff that's a little bit more in depth and then they have like dope interviews they interviewed blockhead who's a producer from new york also a cat that i know through aesop block fandom type shit uh he's also just kind of this he's a producer who i kind of have taken a lot from uh personally but it was dope to listen to him talk for the first time for one because i never heard his voice or like heard his opinion on things like i follow him on twitter yeah. People could be anything on the internet. That's so right. It was yeah. dope to listen to his perspective on like what it was like for him making beats in the New York scene uh, before beat makers were really doing things a certain way, like on the level that they're doing it now. Where you can just have shows where people are just straight up playing beats off their 404 or off their computer or whatever. Like it was just cool to have that kind of perspective. And they interview all kinds of different people. They had this one dude who was like, he goes on biking tours across the country okay. and like does shows on the side when he shows up in places. And I was like, this shit is he just tight. rides around the country on his bike. On his bike and whenever and he shows shows. up in certain places, he does shows and Sweet. and sets it up when like on a whim type of thing because he cool. he had already done a, a life a lifestyle of like booking bands and playing shows and going so on he tour. knew all the places yeah to book. so he's like he's connected enough now that when he does his biking thing and he's not like wrapped in like that now he can just kind of pop in hop up on the stage and do his thing and make a little money or whatever whatever and i think that type of shit is dope so i listen to them a lot uh yeah shout out to super duty tough work Dad bod rap pod. Dad bod rap pod is. I don't listen to them as much, but they are a rap pod. I believe. I want to say Curly Capricorn is their rap pod name. Uh, it seems like a. It's a rap podcast. Title like scamming. No, it's like a. It's like these. I think it's like rappers forty and older or something like that. Yeah, see, that's and that's, it's like that's me speci- all day. It's like specifically for <laughs> rappers who are older who've been at it for a long time and yeah. like their perspective on things. I think that type of stuff is dope. Yeah, but you gotta um, learn from the older heads, as they say. And yeah. I don't know a lot of younger cats who are doing podcasts. Like, yeah, well, that seems like the you know what I mean. At least as far as rappers go, like that world of creatives. I don't know a lot of younger cats doing podcasts off the top of my head. One thing I'm also seeing though, what I'm seeing for the cats who aren't taking, like who are switching their rap careers, are going into comedy. I see 
you do to want to do the rap or the old, I've even seen like the older heads, like the one I brought up earlier, ESG, mm-hmm. don't do rap no more, but he's doing, he's pursuing stand-up comedy See, now. I saw the opposite side, because I know a rapper, uh, shout out to Open Mike Eagle, he's a rapper who, from what I understand, I might be completely wrong, but I think that he was doing both at the same time, and then the rapping popped off first. Okay. But he still did like comedy stuff because he was friends with Hannibal Burris. Oh, he has okay. Hannibal Burris on like on his rap records. He's got that's Hannibal awesome. Burris like rapping that's and doing awesome. funny shit. Like that's that's it's shit funny as, want, right there. It's funny <laughs> as fuck. And they and they like he uh, open mic has had a show. I think he still has a show. It's called New Negroes on Comedy Central. Yeah, they, it's like a comedy show. skit type show. Okay, it's, so it's kind of like have, Warrior uh, Squad. Or? A little, it's a little. I need more advanced, obviously. Yeah, but. but it's also like just stand up stuff as well, and they do like music videos and stuff through that show, like dope stuff. And his raps are funny. Like he's a, he does very serious raps and raps that are very, uh, very important in my mind. Like he just kind of he raps about the stuff that you don't really think about, but he also manages to do it in ways that. Dude, this guy's clever as hell. He's so funny. Like, what the heck? That's cool. How do you... And and honestly, he and uh, Rory, who I shouted out earlier, are are dope together. They've done some stuff together. They've toured together. I'm sure they're great, great friends still, too. The whole world is really small. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it really is. And that's the thing that you gotta get out on the road just to realize that sometimes. Yeah. And then you realize, you know, all these roads are very, very small. They're all super connected. Everybody's. Everybody knows everybody. Everything is everything. Six degrees is less and less. Yeah, and Chris never treated like you ran him, man. That's the thing. That's one of the craziest parts I keep realizing is how the small niches of where everybody's connected are. Yeah, they're really not that far apart. And transients in the city really make it kind of hard to see sometimes just because so much is coming and going all the time, every day. It's really just like the way that scat influences different waves of things being popular in the city, the younger people coming in and out of town, just the way that people are coming in and out of town, you know, tourism and all sorts of different stuff. I'm amazed at the people who end up staying. That are like the people that come here to go to SCAD, but they end up staying. And, and you know, like that's rad. I mean, you can make, you feel you can make a career and and stay here and yeah. stay here. Then more power to you. Yeah. How long I'm, you been here? I could be bitter. I've been here my whole life. I'm a lifer. That's why I say like I drive Uber and yeah. sometimes and all the time people are like you're really from here I'm like yeah for me born and like, raised I'll tell you where I'll tell you what you know I'm yeah, like yeah. you're like the only Uber driver we've ever had is yeah it's it's crazy because um, I get that too. it's what it is though but I'm like I love this place and like yeah I can always you know that. Savannah Airport gets new flights out of it every day. That's how I feel about it. If I really want to go somewhere, I'm just hopping on the plane and do it.
you know, I feel like us as occupants have a love for you. But the city as a It's uh, definitely, I mean, in, okay, yeah, I'm going to say it. It's segregate regional inside of Savannah. Oh, it's regionalized. It's super You got south side and then like in a city this small. That's crazy. It, but it's like so deeply sewn in to the way the city operates now. Oh, well, that, that's so the way wild. the city's always operated. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Which is sad. Always. And what's confusing, the city itself doesn't realize is, right, it's one of the biggest failures, like the city. Because it operates with downtown is all that matters. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, with, yeah, so yeah. with downtown, and that's so all they focus on is all they care about is pumping everything into downtown. Like the malls are in all fucking distress. And they the streets, get, even. I mean, hell, you don't got nowhere to walk. If you need yeah. to walk down every corner, you're fucked. Man, if you've been bike toward the south side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Shit. that's how I, that is. That, for a long time, that's how I got out there. It's the only way it feels like. What the problem? Well, I mean, Up the city, I like the city blessing ten years. years ago. But I can also, so I get back to the point that, like, so you know, even with the clubs, like that's one of the biggest it, points we was having about the other day. Savannah yeah. has no rap focused clubs. So when you talk about hip hop in Savannah, that is one of the biggest pillars of the environment. Not having no rap focus. The clubs are one of the main examples of the still segregated Savannah. Thank you. Ding, 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 white ding, and ding. black clubs. Oh, yeah. White what? White and black clubs. White what? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you go up and down uh, Liquid <laughs> Cafe, you're going to be like all crazy. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, yeah. And then the and, but like I said, it's both both club both races. Yeah, everything. It's crazy. Cause you go in there, but I said it, said that. Cause what's so funny about that is you got places like the Jinx, where the people are pure, so they have a hip hop night. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, rock yeah. bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. While you got places like Fifty One Degrees, where you ain't finna hear no real rap music. Yeah. We ain't finna hear nothing that ain't on like the top fifty or something like that. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, and then you because you you ain't finna get nothing close to like like <clears throat> that you gonna feel. You know what I mean? Like if you're looking for real rap. But I take it back to you know like you brought up the clubs, like how you have what would be the city market area. You know those areas they may play some rap music, but they very, are not they very are, little. Yeah. Well. On the weekends, they, well, they gonna have it playing, and it's like, you you know, but they don't. That you can tell, man, that environment isn't focused. You know, they're just putting up with them because, you because, know, that's where they got yeah. crowded now. They yeah. want everybody in the city market, so the city won. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're not gonna mess with them, you know. Yeah. Those yeah. three, those three little four clubs, because then they messing with their own little money. We were trying to talk about uh, busking to the city. What last summer was oh. that shit when we were trying to talk about busking, and I they said that we couldn't even speak. use the amplifier. Oh, oh, you talking about going out on the streets performing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I didn't know what that was. My bad. Oh, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't until recently. Yeah. Yeah, but we. Uh, I, I can see them turning a big blind out of that. Yeah, there was a, I mean, it was just some straight up and down shit. There was a, a homie of mine who used to stay here. Shout out to, oh shit, 
Good, we're just doing a little podding. Um, I don't know if y'all remember um some of y'all that used to go to um hip hop night and or still go to hip hop night. Uh Super Twan's here. Super Super, Super Twan, Twan check in with us one time. Like Solo said, man, it's Super Twan, the greatest rapping frisbee player. No frisbee player raps better than me and no frisbee player or no rapper can play frisbee better than me. I put that on everything. So, man, it seems like you've been out of town for a minute. Um, What you been up to, man? Man, I played uh, three years of professional Frisbee from 2014 to uh, 2016. Okay, okay. And you're back back in town now? You're just visiting or passing through? I've been back here, and when I was playing Frisbee, I wasn't focused too much on the music because I was out of town. And uh, now that I'm back here, I've been back here for a couple years, just getting back in the music. Sitting over here, and we're talking about um, and now well, we're talking about talking about the <laughs> the, 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 the We're getting scene. deep into the what we the call pit. the seaport scene. Want to elaborate on that? <laughs> you've, been, <laughs> you've been out of the country, so you've been out of the. You might as well be the country talking yeah. to somebody. <laughs> you've been out of the city for a minute. What are your thoughts? You've been traveling. Sounds seems to be a decisive or the uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. This we're all in agreement. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. That's the general consensus. That's the general consensus. Exactly. You said it in a nutshell, right there. Um. Yeah. It's just we need unity in the community, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great. Ripping off people's phrases, but yeah. And it's just, it's a trip, like, it took, like, it's been a minute since I did some traveling, I I went up north here a little bit recently, and I go there, and it's shit's different, it's just, it's interesting here for me, (laughs) because, I need reminders, but (laughs) yeah, it's interesting here for me, because of how humble it is, so I always look at it coming from the outside looking in, and I don't necessarily, I've been here for a while, I've almost been, I've been here almost six years, but I still kind of feel like an outsider sometimes, and so I try to take all my perspectives and everything I saw while I was in here, but I haven't been here throughout a majority of the history of what has transpired in Savannah's music 
scenes and specifically the hip hop scene. Like most of what has laid the foundation for how things are now has happened before I was here. So Well I mean like you hear well, I mean you've had Solas uh remade for a few years. I mean so we're not you're not completely like foreign to the subject of camouflage or pure pain records. Not at all. And like I I do my research as much as I can too, just because I I'm a student of it as well. Like I I kinda got late to the game but I definitely consider myself a student and so I like to I like to read up on stuff. I like to listen to people come before me from any kind of region, no matter what's really going on. But Dope is dope. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't really give it a don't matter where the fuck it's from. I don't really care what the style <laughs> is or where it's from. If I enjoy it and something about it catches my ear, I'm here for it. Or even the I, genre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was one of the things that we kind of touched on earlier, but I had been, when I was first teaching myself guitar by ear, there was this YouTuber in 2005, there was this YouTuber who I was watching a lot. His name on YouTube was just Chin, just C-H-I-N. He was this uh, Asian guitarist who was fucking crazy. He was like, I was like maybe 13. He must have been like 16 or 17. And he was just like prodigy level, just fucking ripping shit. And there was uh, a point where he was putting up covers of all these songs. And people were like, oh, do this song. This song is crazy hard. Or do this song. This song is metal as fuck. And he would do all these songs, and people would be like, I'll do this, like, this Taylor Swift song, or do this, and he would do those covers, and people would give him shit for it for a while, they were like, how come you're playing all this, like, radio trash, like, play this fucking metal band, like, they're way cooler than this, they have way more technicality and whatever, and he was like, man, I'm a student of music, like, I'm here to learn how to be a better musician, and that means that I'm not going to limit myself to a genre like i love metal metal is my preferred genre i play metal all the time that's my shit but i also know that i can learn something from playing this song like there are chord structures in this song that you can draw things from that you can use to play better metal songs with that you can use to write better songs with and reading those comments and like reading him like arguing with people on the internet about why he should or shouldn't be playing Taylor Swift or whatever <laughs> the fuck he wants to play and it's like dude you can learn anything from anything you uh that's there's true. there's a lot to be said about learning things from mistakes learning things from your the things that are opposing to your views or opposing to your interests and like learning from people who are just of a different mindset or from a different no matter how open-minded we all feel like we are, sometimes we kind of lose sight of certain lessons that can be learned. Like, oh, did that just kind of happen? Or, like, you get in the heat of the moment or whatever, and some shit just <laughs> right over your head until, like, ten years down the line, something else <laughs> happens, and you're like, I remember, I remember learning about this at one point. Everything is learning and unlearning. Well, what is what are some of your influences? Is it pretty much the same that you got? My influences, the first like real hip hop group that I ever listened to was Cypress Hill. Okay. Because of uh, Insane in the Brain, like that music video, <laughs> the way B. Real's voice sounded and the way those beats sounded, um, I got 
tape, and then like I saw Be Real on something featuring like Nas and uh, KRS One. So I was like, let me check these dudes out. And then one of my friends in high school were all about Wu Tang Clan, so I started bumping Wu Tang Clan. And from there, I just started to spiral into the New York hip hop scene. I found the Black Star album by Chance. Rockus Records. Yeah. Rockus Records, yeah. Yeah. And uh, then, like, expanded to other uh, coasts, like, back to the West Coast for Jurassic 5 and Dilated Peoples. And then my Southern hip hop really wasn't anything other than Outkast until I came down here and had people like Solo introduce me to uh, Bun D, who's featured on a lot of artists who I just listed, but I don't really know much about them. Right. And Big Crit, who's one of my favorite rappers now, you know, like he's a producer and a rapper, he's from Mississippi, and I never would have heard about him, you know, just from the path that I was on. And so, I remember, like I mentioned earlier, I remember you from, mostly from rapping at, um, Hip Hop Night, um, where are yeah, you man. from? How did, Killing the MC how did, how did you uh, end up here, and where are you from? I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. When I had uh, one of my good friends from college, she had moved down here for an internship. Okay. And uh, he told me to come visit, like, damn near right about this time, like, shit, like 11 I can never get enough ago. of that. Excuse me, but I was telling him, like, People come to visit, and they just kind of end up staying, and as a local, I love it. Yeah, I left, it was February, it. and February up in the Midwest is not pleasant. It's gray, it's cold, it's snow, yeah, rain, yeah, it's that's, fun. Yeah. So I came down here in the middle of February, and it was 80 degrees on Saturday when we got here. We went to the beach. On Sunday, it was 80 degrees. We played Frisbee at the park, and then Tuesday night, They're all here in sunny seaport. Forsyth Park is a beach unto itself. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the downtown beach in the summer, so to speak. Facts. So, yeah. So, I was sold. I came back to visit a couple more times and then ended up moving in the fall. And I left to go back to Indianapolis on three separate occasions to play Frisbee. But I always knew I was coming back here after that summer. Right on. As I mentioned earlier, that's how, like, that's how the culture grows, so to speak. You get all these cats that come from different places. They end up staying here, and like, just makes Savannah just that much better. It's a melting pot. It's a melting pot. It's and it's really been within the last ten, fifteen years. And a lot of that is scad, and a lot of that is just people in general that just randomly move here. And I, that, and I, I've already, I'm like, it, this helps me because this, none of y'all came here to go to scad. None of you are art school students, right? Wow. 
that's even better. <laughs> Not to say, I mean, I love the fact that people from SCAD come here and they might, some of them might find their way to staying here and doing their thing, but yeah, that's that's how the culture grows. We've got all these restaurants now that I definitely didn't have growing up and more music stuff and I could definitely say that's one of my biggest things that I'd love to experience. I remember having to drive to go to Atlanta to go to a reggae show. It's still with the reggae, but here and there, you know. Oh yeah, like that's in today like when we get into that topic. Still need night. a push, yeah. Like, um, uh, fucking the Latin nights, but they're not, you know, you gotta find them. Like, I wandered into a club the other day that I think has changed hands several times in the last couple of years, but it was full of Latin, Latin people, you know, Latin Hispanic people. And I was like, damn, where did all this come from? <laughs> but, <coughs> but that's just like, that's the thing you say about Savannah, man. So many different pockets just existed at the one time. collide and bounce with one another and it happens in small ways kind of like how the cats who go to the wormhole also go to gay space and gay space has shows and it's, they're two totally different groups of people but they're 10 feet away from one another 20 feet away from one another and it's small stuff like that but the, the big the big connecting points I don't know how or who it would be all that but see I'm saying like All it takes is just, like, Savannah needs just that one niche. Somebody who creates a, like, because they have no real record label here that I know of. Um, and... Discre- yeah. What a, Discre- what a, that's a record shop. No, they have a, they have a, a label, record label, yeah. Yeah, they have, yeah, they have I didn't label. even know that. They have their own label. They put out a whole bunch of stuff. So, so we need, like, some more labels. Yeah, some Ryan's labels, doing... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ryan's doing some rap, stuff. Man. Set up shows. Hell, I set up one of his shows See? just on a whim. See? Just because I knew people that were doing the damn speakers and shit. So I helped out. That's how I even met. Because they were like, man, 
country, many countries, the studios. I never, I, but the thing is, I never did. And the next thing I know, we got shot. So that was. Only time I've seen him personally was like besides like being. I think I might have seen him out. Of Plus, he he'd be in my neighborhood. So, but he was all over. Oh well, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was like fifteen, like fourteen, fifteen when we first started smoking weed, and we was coming back because I had a homie who would take us uh, over to West Fifty Second. He had somebody he would get from, and we was on the way back because he had a little convertible. He used to roll up with it while he was yeah, he had that yellow convertible. And we was when we was young as yeah. shit, and camouflage pulled up on side of us and was yelling at my dog. We were, Yo, what up, Ray? Cause he had the flip flop Monte Carlo, that um, blue one. Nah, the uh, the uh, one that was like purple and gold. Oh, okay. Oh, right, 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 right. Back when the flip flop paint jobs was hot. Shit. Yeah, especially on the Monte Carlo. Oh, you yeah. get what I'm saying? Hot. Well, hot I think shit. it had the D's on it and all. <laughs> but um, that's quintessential Southern shit. Flip flop paint. Yeah. D's. Uh, a Monte Carlo, but. Yeah, that was so. That was like, and then that was big shit, especially because me being from Savannah, camouflage was coming at my homie. You know what I mean? So, but that's just like. But now that I know what I know about it, though, um, to just connect, you know, everybody has ties everywhere. So that's what I want to say about you in the pocket, though, is that we are people. You get what I'm saying? Just like how. Uh, like I said, the Genesis of punk rock bar, you know what I mean? But that's my family now. So oh, yeah. even when they got all those events going, you know, they still let me up in there and I be and I go in there and spend my money with them during that time. Mm-hmm. And I just said it to say that there are a lot of people in Savannah who are of all those pockets. So all it takes though is those pull those small strings together to get those heads. And but it just has to be something that's worth it though, because there's a lot of things that fail or aren't, you know, that isn't picking up that uh, niche right now. <coughs> taking that risk, like you say. It's natural. It's hard work. Yeah. That's the part that's slept on the most. Yeah. That's where the risk work. is. That's right. where the risk, all the real risk is in the hard work, honestly. Like, yeah, because you don't want to put in all that hard work yeah. and not have, have it pay off. Money. Cause see, just like also though, like also what Savannah had to get rid of on the last man, and I'm saying this present and positive, is that separatism. Like I've been in clubs and they be like screaming, like you know, but they still expressing, like I was on the south side at a club and they stressing fuck downtown. And I'm like DJ, we gotta get that shit out of our minds, man. Like growing up when I was younger, you know, they had us <coughs> listening to. A lot of the older heads, when you ask them about the, the rap acts I named, somebody off of Waters wouldn't listen to somebody from the west side. Like, you ask somebody off Waters, do you listen to Southbound? They'd be like, no, I don't fuck with that shit. Yeah. Somebody from the west side yeah. wouldn't fuck with uh, Third Coast because they were from the east side. You know, like, and now, granted, those borders are physically tore down and a lot of ca- everybody's moving around, so it's not like that. So to speak, but at the same time, we have to get, like, we have to get, like, you know, make ourselves nomadic, you know what I mean, and 
to all these places, like, because that's what it is, you know what I mean? That peer support. Peer support. Is a boom. Not, not doing it because you're homie to it. Not doing it because you like the host. Not doing it because, you know, you got to go for the elevator. That's why hip-hop night used to be shoulder to shoulder. Because <laughs> motherfuckers a wanted that Yeah, shit. that place was packed. Man, was packed. Was like, when they first started doing it, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about, man. Smoked out, packed out. Three bucks. Smoked out, packed out. show you the city love it. The city need it. Yeah. There's definitely a, um... Definitely a need for it. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, I can't think of the word, but there's like a prestige to that night because that's a weekly hip-hop night that's been going on for how long? <coughs> like 16 years. Yeah, yeah. 16 years. That's, <coughs> that's probably one of the longest running weekly hip-hop nights in the country. Which says something because we're a country that created hip hop. Like that's our culture, our international scene. And so for a hip hop night to be consistently doing that, that's I, I've always felt that that night der- deserves a lot more respect than it gets. Like Definitely. it's cool to have like a, a story with people on the cover, but like an in depth look into like how significant that is. Like like this is a, a culture that started in New York, it's amazing. Yeah. spread worldwide. And cornerstone of damn near every single like genre of, of art like if, the, if you look at dance like modern dance it's fucking hip hop influence when you listen to pop music it has a hip hop beat like hip hop <laughs> is the cornerstone the NBA all star game influence <laughs> hip hop damn hip hop from basketball to any damn sport exactly look at, I didn't even watch the all star game I'm listening and I'm talking about how Big a deal it was common rapping the players' names and yeah, yeah, yeah man, that's big shit. So yeah, hop, everything's influenced by hip hop these days. Extremely deep, man, extremely deep. And you know, so, so I mean, you know, it's a, it's all I say, man. It's one thing to just speak about the obstacles that it is that you know that's in the front of us, being Savannah hip hop, but I mean, you know, I mean to say that. He had the bar. He's like, uh, when I walk out this door, he's like, uh, I give my mama a hug and a kiss. He's like, if someone's drama, my own mama think I'm crazy. I give her a hug and a kiss and tell her to pray for her baby. Because when I walk out this door, I don't know if I'm coming back. Because these days, niggas kill over crack. When I heard that bar, every day before I left the house, until my mother died, like every time I talk to her or my father or any of my siblings, I tell them I love them because right. of that bar. All those inti- intimate moments that have come from things like local music, you know, it's <coughs> not a, it's never a thing of talent, man. You know, it's never a question of talent, man. You know, so, um, yeah, man, it's just there. It's, it's real. 
really the passion is definitely there on that note take a water break maybe go down to the store and grab something real quick and uh we're gonna be right back seaport pat show you know it's a back we're wrapping up we've been talking so much about hip-hop night we're just gonna have to make our way down here and it's about to start here in a few so we want to wrap it up real quick i'm gonna just uh go around the cypher so to speak um twan three top or not even we're not even doing we're not doing top five music everybody does that five places in savannah or seaport in general it doesn't have to be the jinx. Restaurants, um, this, like, what, what's your zen, zen places in Savannah, so to speak? Well, I definitely want to shout out the Century Bean with the owner, Christmas. It's super cool. She plays Frisbee all the time at the park. And she's always down to support. Like, we've had Frisbee parties at the Bean for Frisbee tournaments here in town. Um, yeah, because she's been doing it a while. That's yeah. where I tell my one of my Uber customers. I was telling him to go get coffee from the bean. Yeah, for sure. That's one of my good favorite bean places. Scrambled <laughs> yeah, on a Sunday. But I get all my coffee from the bean. Um, and obviously the Jinx. Like I love the Jinx just for the simple fact of hip hop night. And like Solo said, I feel like when I step in there, it's it's a mutual respect of like the bartenders and the, the staff. Like it's it's like we're there to entertain them. And they get entertained. Like, I remember, like, the first time Tony bought me a shot because he was like, yo, thanks for shouting me out in the freestyle or something. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, damn, this shit feels like, you said, family. So definitely shout out to the, to the Jinx, for sure. Um, yeah, that's about all I got for, for right now. <laughs> Some spots. All right, all right. Um, what about you, Solar? Um, damn, if we're going for, like, you know, shouting out spots, some of my spots I gotta mention, um, especially me being a business owner, you know, right off of, uh, right there off of Barnard, man, that corner, you got, uh, the Black Rabbit, and right. then also Mailbox Cafe, you know what I mean, I support both of them businesses, both of them people support my businesses, you know, um, uh, elaborate on that real quick, oh, oh, I own a lawn care company, you know, during my nine to five hours and all that, you know. So, and uh, my also a friend of a friend who's also my homie now owns Black Rabbit. You know, he's a real good dude. He's pretty known around. So that's a local. Uh, they sell sandwiches and then they also yeah, have yeah, a bar. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. A couple local drinks. They make their own ginger beer. If I'm not mistaken. Then on the other end, <clears throat> when you head down to Bay Street, Bay Street Blues. I go in there a lot, uh, cause that they got dollar jello shots. They always got a, uh, so 
some type of shot that they're giving out and supporting other folks with and because they also support my business. They support my family also on some okay. personal stuff. Okay. You know what I mean? You know, that's just a real touchy subject right there. So I always go send my money with Miss Bonnie. Okay. You know what I mean? Great people, great people outside of that. Where else? Um, right next door is Honey's Tavern. That's a food spot. Uh, down on the other side of Bay Street, you got Stafford Covers House. That's where they have different events. But I also broke bread with the owner of there before. So, you know, um, Savannah, man, has got a lot of local spots. Even Boomies. You know, Boomies is A1 Thai food. You know, that's right there on Congress. You know what I mean? Uh, so, like, you know, I try my best to be mobile and, you know, touch all these spots, you know, because a lot of these people are either one or two people away from me, even Denny's, you know, right around the loop, the loop from there. You know, I grew up in there because a couple of my dogs worked there. And, um, yeah, so those are my spots, man, for the city of Bay Area, especially Savannah, man. And I always let the youth, you know, always find me and stuff. Mm. Uh, shout out to Red Face. Mm. I'm popping up there. Hell yeah. Regularly, they're about to open up that spot down. Drop your car off, go kick it on the beach, come kick it with us. Shows coming up. <laughs> I mean, if I could plug anything, I just want to say thank you, man. You know, thank you for, you know, yeah, for sure. know, just letting me drop in on this, adding me to the mix, having respect for me, you know, like, especially this being our first real interaction and whatnot. So, you know, I just like to say thank you, and I appreciate that because, you know, that's what, you know, for me, my craft is built off of, like, seeing folks respect what I do and how I felt about through my feelings through my music. My character is me, so to speak. So thank you. You're welcome.
My stress relief. Shout out Kushpa Rhythms. All day, every day. (laughs) Kushpa Rhythms, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Seaport time on Thursday (laughs) evening. Get them, get them. That reggae vibe. Get that reggae on. That's Um, awesome, man. WRUU.org. Yeah, shout out to the Fair City Collective. Oh, and I'm going to have y'all come through. Yeah. And it's convenient for y'all. Go on the band Pick out some tunes. Go on our band camp. Straight from the uh, goat's mouth. All right, y'all. Seaport Pat signing off. Till next time, y'all be safe in these streets. Super.